to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. The Red Queen. She's a blend of psychotropic plants. Ah, thought she'd be a big hit. Turns out she's only good at putting people in the loony bin. I'll take her. Uh, uh, that stuff's no joke. Perfect. I'm looking to sideline someone before this evening's event. That'll do it. <laughs> hey, uh, what exactly are you planning? This city tore my love from me, so I'm plunging it into insanity. City took my love from me, but I'm plunging it into insanity! You don't have any whiskey, do you? Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie Simone, and I want that whiskey. Yeah, I'd like some whiskey, too. Bring it! Not the Red Queen, though. Uh, No. After an hour, it doesn't go so well for you. Not so good. Fries your brain. But I, 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 I did appreciate that the, their remedy was the same as if someone like uh, has too much LSD, uh, like you hear about happening in the 60s. Uh, give him some orange juice after uh, you get him an down. IV. Yeah. yeah. But, but how did he know he was on, well, I guess, the Red Queen? But how did he know what the Red Queen from the shady guy in Babs' uh, apartment slash the Sirens Club? Well, um, Mario isn't exactly from a non-shady family, you know. Uh, his dad might have had some hanging around the house. But, you know, we're, we're already talking about the episode. I had questions. Uh, yeah, we all have questions. Uh, but I, we'll get talking about the episode properly in just a second. But first, we wanted to let you guys know. Oh, by the way... Uh, we're recording this Tuesday night, <laughs> 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com with all of our lovely chatters. We have right now just before Oracle and uh, Cobble Potteries, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people I'm popping sure in we there will, yes. as we continue. But next week, uh, because I work in news and so, it's election, election day. Uh, yeah, election night. Uh, I, I, we're not going to be recording at the usual time, but this is kind of a, an opportunity for you. If you don't have a chance to – if you can't make it Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights, which we've moved to once or twice, mm-hmm. we're actually going to be recording the episode Tuesday during the day. In the morning, be- sometime before right. noon, uh, we, we'll go. We'll make sure to make that announcement uh, well in advance, like a day or two in advance. But probably it, during Gotham Monday, we'll let you know when we're going to be recording. Yeah, but it'll probably be like nine a.m. Eastern time or something like that. Uh, at live.universebox.com is where you can join the chat. So if you're a day person and you have nothing to do during the day, and you've, you're always like, "Man, I wish I could make it in there for Gotham." Uh, you know, uh, hey, <laughs> Gotham. Next week's your week. <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, this week's episode, I I consider it possibly to be maybe the best episode of Gotham ever. Oh, uh, just because it touched back on so much that they set up in the pilot but i have a lot to talk about uh and i'm sure you do too Anne marie why don't don't you go ahead and start talking with the riddling rhyming episode summary who would love a madman like ed someone who looks like the gal he made dead will bruce burn selena souffle his butler might try to scare her away who has barbara become jim's conscious bellhop who can save him from her psycho hell drop Will Jim deal with his baggage or get stuck with Miss Keen? Let's all take a whiff of tonight's Red Queen. Red Queen! Red, Red Queen. A Red, Red Queen, I like that. Red, Red, red queen. queen. 
Come back to me. Something yeah. like that. But Anne-Marie, what would you think of this episode? I thought this was a pretty darn good episode. <laughs> it was fantastical. It almost, in a sense, was like two episodes. Yes. It felt very split to me. Well, you know, half of the episode taking place in someone's head. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. going to happen. Right, right, right. <laughs> But I, I oh, oh, over in the chat room before Oracle says it was very trippy. Uh, that's that's to be sure. It was a uh, you know kind of fear and loathing in Gotham City <laughs> for sure. Nice, nice. So yeah, it was a good time. The bats, the bats, which is actually from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, oh, like right it? at the beginning. I've uh, never seen it. When they pick up Spider Man on the side of the road, uh, they see all bats. The bats. Uh, Johnny Depp. My best Don- Johnny Depp impression, which isn't awful. very good. That was kind of awful. Uh, but, you know, I really enjoyed it, too. Like I said, I think it might be the best episode in the series. And part of the reason is is they they touch back on a lot of stuff they introduced in the pilot episode mm-hmm. while deconstructing Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, first of all, uh, you know, during his whole trip thing, I, I love the conceit of the elevator descending through multiple levels of Jim's baggage. You know, yeah. uh uh, level one, uh, Bruce Wayne. Level two, Lee. Level three, your poppy. Uh, you know, it, it was a, also I, I really enjoyed uh, the callback they had to his time in the army and the resulting PTSD, which was a big part of his character in the first season. Uh, first couple episodes. What? What? It was especially uh, that one with the yeah, yeah, with the crazy yeah. running camera and stuff. But thank you for getting rid of that. We we really haven't heard much about it since season one. Maybe season two a little bit because he had a he had a similar thing when he was uh, when he shot that guy. Yeah. If you remember that yeah. gangster, I do. Uh, but uh, you know we we haven't really touched back on that too much. But it, well, obviously it's not that important because it's just the first layer right. <laughs> of Jim's baggage. I think all the layers were pretty important there. Definitely, pretty definitely. Important, like but, an onion. But you know, uh, kind of our our window in to that uh that war scene was uh bruce wayne young bruce wayne confronting jim in the gcpd yeah. with the jim gordon mask on now, now i i was uh wondering you know why was bruce wearing a jim gordon mask and uh why were martha's pearls pulled from jim's chest i i, I kind of read it as jim jim subconsciously sees the hero bruce is going to become and wishes he had that drive. He wants to be the hero. He wants to be Bruce Wayne. He he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He wants to be a hero like he can tell Bruce Wayne is going to be, I okay. think. Okay. Plus, you know, he, he definitely still has some. Uh, hold on. Let me adjust your mic here. <laughs> Hello. Let me. Oh, oh, there I am. Yeah, but, I, but I'm here. Plus, he definitely has some uh, some guilt, I think, uh, from oh, not solving much. that case to begin with. I have more on that. You know, so that weighs on him a lot, too, which is probably part of the reason Bruce was there. And, you know, the dead cops kind of symbolize the failed cases and mm-hmm. things like that. And then then we move on to the sitcom, mm-hmm. uh, which is very obviously the life that Jim wants but won't allow himself to have. It, it also reminded me a lot of uh, – I don't know if you're familiar with the musical Little Shop of Horrors. But there's this song, Somewhere That's Green, uh, which is kind of uh, – uh, What's her name? Audrey uh, from Little Shop of Fours, kind of imagining what life would be like with Seymour out in the suburbs, living that kind of Donna Reed lifestyle. And it felt very much like that. Uh, it was definitely Donna Reed, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed, too, like you saw the stage lights click on behind them, and then you never yeah. see them again, and it's just like sitcom angles. Really, really well shot, really well done. And then finally, the ghost of his father comes back to haunt him. Uh, 
And I, I, I think it's because he saw his dad as a true hero, and mm-hmm. he's afraid that he'll never live up to that example. Okay. Uh, and now, at the end of the episode, Jim is ready to defend while he breathes, as the, uh, the, motto go- the Gordon motto goes, and finally becomes a cop again after, what, like, I, I think uh, almost a full season. Yeah, the better part of a season. Yeah, uh, so, but I think he'll quickly find that as limiting as he did before. Uh, one of the reasons he stopped being a cop was because he, he found, found that you know, the cops were kind of crooked and weak and he couldn't be as effective right. as a cop. And that's why he didn't go back to it for so long, too. <clears throat> so, but after this episode, I definitely feel – because you know, we heard over the summer from Ben McKenzie that Jim Gordon would be taking on the identity of a DC Comics that's character. Right, we did. So I definitely feel like seeing Jim as a mass vigilante later on the season is a lot more likely now that he's going to mm-hmm. step in and embrace that hero role and become the Bruce Wayne uh, sort of nice. of the show for a little bit. Uh, yeah, before Oracle over in the chat room says uh, Stabby Bellhop. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Oh, very much. Uh, yeah, so. uh, they, that was also so, some class A some, stuff. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. But Amory, you, you wanted to talk about this sort of mad trip too, right? Right. Um, I've, I've remained quiet with Bill's points, which doesn't <laughs> usually happen. So because you have your own I points. have my own interpretation that I've dubbed love in an elevator. So love in an elevator. Yeah, but we'll just stop there. <laughs> okay, so all of the everything that happens in here is so important because as Babs points out, every bit of the hallucination is happening in his head and he has some level of control over it mm-hmm. while it's happening because he's able to change her outfit like that yeah so let's just go into it remembering that so stop number one the gcpd bruce and the penguin three things are people that have affected his love of gotham and of himself over the past three seasons one he didn't live up to the expect his personal expectations as a police officer the and the only understandable quote we get from penguin is never leave your unit behind um and he's left the GCPD behind, and now mm-hmm. they're leaving him behind by not letting him go on the missions without being a part of the GCPD. So we have that. I like that. Um, indicating that by leaving the force, he left his people. So mm-hmm. there's that. Two. Not to mention all the cops that have been killed in the GCPD headquarters. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to just – well, I mean, and if you looked at the people that were down there, there was a lot of soldiers, which, okay, you were in war. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. A lot of cops, which we've seen a lot of cops die for various reasons. Thank you, Jim Gordon. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that the one person was supposed to be um, Essen. Oh, okay. I tried pausing it on my watch through. I was like – they should have done better, but I think that's who it was supposed to be by the way that they were laid out. Mm. So, and yes, that was partially his fault. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Two, he wasn't able to solve the Wayne murders and Bruce relieved him even of the task of trying to solve the Wayne murders. So that explains why yeah, he kind of neutered there. him in a way. He was like, and you're done. So <laughs> that's pretty rough. And his interactions with Penguin caused him to blur his own personal morality line further than Jim would have ever pushed it. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, being a soldier where you already have to have or a police officer where you do have to have occasionally the blurry line. You yeah. know, you got to make a rapid decision. But Penguin really made that not so <laughs> clear. Um, stop number two, his love for Lee. So he realized just a little too late that Jim lost his chance for now. I think that this hallucination will reinvigorate his fight to win her back from Mario. Mm-hmm. Because as strong as their, rela- their relationship is, I don't know if it's quite as strong as what Jim and Lee have or had. 
Um, obviously, both Lee and Mario care <laughs> about Jim Gordon on some level. Like, sorry, Mario, you're not just a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not doing it just because your daddy probably said you need to take care of Jim Gordon. Yeah, because I mean, bit. after they're, they're family after the friends. Whole, well, after the whole jealous thing too, and the whole like force kiss. Hey, it's my girl. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, and then Mario <laughs> goes ahead and saves Jim. Like, yeah. I, I mean, uh, a less scrupulous man, uh, which I thought uh, I kind of think Mario might be, uh, probably would have let Jim die unless there was another reason there to keep another, him alive. Right, yeah. and I think it does have to do with Falcone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've seen the last of him this season. Oh, no. Uh, stop number three, his love for his dad and his family. Okay, because of the other two stops, Jim feels that he has let his dad down, just in the way he's treated, his responsibilities at the GCPD, probably the fact that he didn't fight for his love and do everything he could for mm-hmm. Lee. So he, he feels like a failure. You know, what's he so afraid of failing? Everyone, he's afraid of failing, okay? He's a normal human. Um <laughs> This time he has with his dad reminds him of what he wanted to be when he was a kid. He wanted to be his dad. He wanted to be that savior, sort of savior, if you will, uh-huh. um, by doing that. Um, and it doesn't really hurt that his dad's parting words to him are, I'm proud of you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, like, these are the things that reinvigorate him. And those are what make him go back and be like, all right, Barnes, I'm back. And it's crazy that Barnes doesn't question, but we have more on that later too. Yeah, he he kind he kind of drills down through his psyche yeah. and confronts all of his fears Everything. head on and comes out a hero again. Right. Like what is he so afraid of? Well, mm-hmm. here it is. Step one, two, and three. Yeah, where uh, you know, yeah, I said deconstructing Jim Gordon, where I think that kind of started uh last season, uh when Hugo Strange put him through that whole like I am God right. kind of thing. Right. This poor man, his brain has to already be <laughs> fried. He's been on how many trips? Yeah. Just saying. Definitely. But it was really great. A cultivation of all sorts of stuff from season one, like the, the PTSD stuff, the dead dad stuff, the mm-hmm. in in league with Penguin, uh, Bruce. Like it, it was just it, it was a wonderful, wonderful episode for fans of Gotham who have been with it since the beginning to finally kind of see a lot of this stuff pay off. Right. Uh, for sure. Uh, but something else that uh, paid off uh, this week was uh, okay. Isabella a little bit. And I titled Isabella. this. I titled this section, Isabella, A Life in Books. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I thought it was interesting how much Isabella's uh, backstory was centered around books. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed with books. She's an expert. Uh, mm-hmm. She even tells Ed at the end of the episode that she's lived her whole life in the pages of books. I believe it. Now, I, I was a little bit dubious uh, last week about her being re- a revived Kringle, mm-hmm. uh, just because of decomposition and chopped body parts and stuff like that. But after this week, I'm starting to support that theory a little bit more. The way the way she feels an instant react attraction to Ed and oh. forgives his foibles uh, speaks to a history. Like there's some sort of emotional memory uh, there within her. I think. Oh, it- like I said, the non. Um- but dissolved. Nope. 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 Not about. Never mind. Continue. Okay. Yeah. But there's ah! some, there's some sort of emotional memory uh, of Ed and they, th- what they meant to each other there. Right. Uh, also, the fact that she basically admits all that all she knows is books uh, sort of supports my theory from last week that she's living a life given to her by Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. who took the stories for his monsters from books at Ed's recommendation, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so this might uh, be Maybe Ed's, this was a thank you. It could have been a thank you. Yeah, I could definitely see that Ooh. that would be nice also over in the chat room uh before oracle says is isabella going to be the bookworm or a prototype of barbara gordon uh oh 
that could be that could be interesting for sure. There's, you know, you got to have a bookworm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, well, yeah, I mean, Bar- Barbara Gordon, uh, yeah. the daughter of Jim Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, yeah. she was a librarian. So. Yes. That I actually so there's a know. history there. This so I know. Maybe this will be the library that she becomes a li- Barbara Gordon becomes a librarian at later in life. Aww. Uh but you know, I, I I definitely feel either way, mm. Ed and Penguin are definitely being set up here. Uh, perhaps by the court of owls themselves, since they have an interest in Pinky Pants now, which I have more on later. Mm. Uh, but Ed seems to be settling down uh, thanks to Isabella's influence in the past 24 hours or whatever. Well. Uh, 12. Uh, so, so theory, I, I think Penguin is going to end up killing uh, Isabella to get Ed to himself, causing Ed to finally fully break out as the Riddler once he finds out the Penguin oh. killed her. It would be fitting since uh, Ed's unrequited love sent him to sent him down the dark path of killing Doherty uh-huh. and everything. Uh, and the Penguin's unrequited love would finish the job and finally push him over the edge into full on Riddler mode. Nice. Like, I think that would be a nice uh, synchronicity uh, uh-huh. to the story. Also, I, I just wanted to shout out Rebecca Johnson, host of Supergirl Radio, real quick, who pointed out on Twitter the similarities between Isabella, uh, a blonde doppelganger of a previous love, and Carlotta Valdez from the Hitchcock movie Vertigo. Same kind of thing going on there. Okay. I, uh, so, uh, you know, that's all I'll say for now. Uh, you, I, but. If you don't know Vertigo, either go watch it or listen to the Harvey Danger song, Carlotta Valdez, which is basically a plot summary of the movie. <laughs> I'm uh, in for the song. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So, uh, you know, yeah, as long as we're on Penguin and Ed, you wanted to talk a little bit about Penguin's reaction to Ed, right? Right. Uh, Penguin had some very strong reactions to, well, everything Ed, as he has all season. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, A, would he really be trying to file a missing persons report at six in the morning on the phone? <laughs> the man has a few more connections. A, he's the mayor and B, he's the mob boss of the town. <laughs> so, you know, there's some other outlets. Maybe he doesn't know how to contact them without his right hand man, um, Ed. So mm-hmm. that, that just seemed a little odd. I, I know that he's upset that he didn't come home, but you're not, you're not going to call the police department follow missing persons yeah um the heartbreak that he feels when ed talks about meeting someone and falling in love is devastating like you feel so bad for penguin because of this it's like when you're brave in like middle school and you're brave enough to tell your crush that uh you like them and they just like go and laugh in your face (laughs) like that's that's how heartbreaking it is like even as a viewer to see that, I was just like, oh, poor Penny Pants. This mm-hmm. is like, you can see him just bleh, crush. Yeah, I also, I felt like uh, that whole scenario, that whole, that whole opening scene, that's like a, a romantic's uh, worst nightmare that mm-hmm. they finally work up the courage to confess mm-hmm. their love to somebody and they get delayed some, somehow by a couple hours. And then, then they met, they they show else. up and they're like, "I met someone else. I'm completely in love." And you're like, "Man, I I, I missed it by that much." Missed it by that much. Yeah, it's just like I I don't know. Uh, back in my dating days, back in my teenagehood, like that scenario ran through my head all the time. Oh, she's running five minutes late. What if she runs into some other guy and gets married before she gets here? Kind of thing. Oh, fifteen year old Bill. Yes. Um, let's see. I love that he tries to sabotage their relationship by telling Isabella about Ed's time in Arkham for killing someone who looked exactly like her, only to have it backfire. And this actually makes me think more and more that she is a plant from the Court of Owls because she is not even remotely turned off. 
Mm -hmm. by the fact that he has murdered someone who looks exactly like her. (laughs) She even admits that she is scared of him. And her swan-like neck. Uh, Oh, because Ed likes necks. (laughs) Ew. So there's that. Um, And however, Mr. Pangy Pants is quite the bragger to a stranger, a.k.a. Catherine, a.k.a. um, Owl Lady, not Cow Lady, Owl Mm -hmm. Lady, at dinner. I don't know if I would be quite talking like that to a stranger, especially when you don't know, like, their affiliations on anything. Yeah, because he was just like – This is just like a woman he's talking to over champagne and – He's just like, hey, what's up? Uh, my name's Pangy Pants. Uh, here's my evil plan. <laughs> and so, right, yeah. right. That's exactly. And so I just thought that was a little odd and a little brazen, but I think he was so excited mm-hmm. only to go after his crazy dinner and be devastated again and excuse himself to go to bed. <laughs> uh, over in the chat room, Powell family says, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Don't you think? And uh, Bobby it's says, ironic. nice, get smart reference, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Missed by that much. I uh, who doesn't like Get Smart? It was Get Smart? No, Get Smart wasn't a Fox show. It was mm-hmm. like CVS or something like I that. I have no idea. I know it as a Nick at Night show. You know what? The revival of Get Smart was on Fox, though, if I remember correctly. Oh, they did a I revival movie. About yeah. That. So, uh, so a little uh, trivia for you. Also, before Oracle in the chat room says we got the first name. Uh, we got the first name of the lady in the owl mask, and it's Catherine. Uh, could this be Kate Kane or her mother? I think that's very likely. Uh, Kate Kane is a Batwoman in the comic books. Okay. And we've discussed her before back uh, in season two. Oh, really? When okay. talking about the, cl- the, uh, the founding families of Gotham. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think she could be a Kane, which, uh, you, you know, might give some hints to maybe who the dude in the chair is. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's Bob Kane. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. The creator of Batman. Uh, but uh, we're going to get back into the main discussion in just one second here. But first, we wanted to tell you a little bit about our Patreon. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a way you can go and support creators whose content you enjoy. Like and, us. Yeah. And uh, versus, you know, charging you a buck an episode or something. We're like, hey, you know what? We're going to make a billion podcasts every month. Feels like it. And if you want to, <laughs> you can throw a buck our way, our way every month and get all of the podcasts. And if not, that's cool, too. You're still going to get all the podcasts, but you'll get some extra cool bonus stuff if you throw in a little bit of money. I uh, First of all, we're uh, working on unlocking certain goals like – uh, we're going to do a podcasting course that you'll get for free. Yep. More podcasts, all the way up to a big party here in Orlando with oh, all of our listeners. We would love to have a giant party. And there's also individual rewards based on your support level too. Uh, you know, uh, for for a buck, you get a bunch of free stuff like all my books for free, a bunch mm-hmm. of free content. I uh, and for five dollars, you become a member of the five dollar star patrons club. Five dollar star patrons club. Now this entitles you to a lot of benefits. You save ten percent on your car insurance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you become an unofficial member of the Court of Owls, and you get your name read out in every episode of every podcast we do for the month. Uh, you give the five dollars of support. If you want to hear your name a few times, mm-hmm. give the five bucks, drop it back to a buck, a, like in a month or something like. Don't that. Don't do that. Or increase it to ten. Whatever. There you, you go. Whatever you want to do. Uh, but uh, we want to thank our five dollars star patrons this month: uh, Becca Baca, Angel, Holly Max seventy nine, Monica Jones, Other Anne Marie. Sage of Earth, Harry Seidler, Timothy Peters, Robert Cattler, Hope Molinax, Karen Horlatcher, and Jessica Gonzalez. You guys are going to save so much money on your car insurance. And you can, too, by going to patreon.com slash universebox and, and, and throwing a couple bucks support our way. <laughs> if you like our stuff, if you don't, you could do it, too, as, as like a uh, weird revenge plot. Get us on your side and then stab us in the back when we're not looking. 
Wow. Also, remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. <laughs> okay, uh, so again, that's <laughs> patreon.com slash universe box. Uh, we want to thank all of our patrons y'all, so much. Y'all you are guys, awesome. You guys are the merrymakers and the dreamers of dreams. Okay, but I, I let's see. Uh, there's some chatter over in the chat room here. Let's see. Uh, Bobby says, uh, Fox did the revival series with Andy Dick playing his son, Get Smart. Oh, that's right. And uh, then before Oracle says, why did uh, Kat stand up Bruce? I, I don't I think... I think I might actually have a little on that. Do you have a little bit on that If later? not, I have somewhere I can touch on it later. Like, I didn't, ca- I didn't pick it up as she was standing him up so much as a... Uh, she was nervous. She she said it. He asked. He's like, "What? Mm-hmm. You have to be honest with me." And she's like, "This is weird." And he's like, "Yeah, it's weird." Yeah, and the Powell family backs up. She said that she felt weird, i.e., scared. I.e., she's a street kid dating a billionaire. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, she. And I mean, she's kind of. A They're free, also fifteen. She's or whatever. a free spirit too. You know, you say leather wearing free spirit. You say six. I hear six thirty. You know what I mean? Okay, but uh, let's see. Oh, so. One of the, the other big, big points in this episode was the last scene, obviously. It was a big cliffhanger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, dude in the chair with the ring. Who really leads the Court of Owls? Now, we've been led to believe that Catherine was the leader of the Court of Owls yes. for oh so many months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see her reporting back to a man in the shadows at the end of the episode. Now, a, a lot of people are thinking it's Jim's dad because he wore the same ring uh, that Jim fished out of his box of trinkets there at the mm-hmm. end uh, with the motto and everything on there. Right. Uh, and, you know, it has been said that Jim's dad died in a car crash. We learned that last week, uh, which is easy enough to fake. Yes. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was Jim's dad. Uh, but I have a feeling that, uh, well, it won't be Jim's dad. I, I feel that like that's a little misdirection, that it's going to be another member of the Gordon family. That An we uncle have, or something. Yeah, that we haven't met yet. Uh, so, some figure that was important to Jim, but not quite as important as dad and is way more alive than his dad. But uh, what do you think, Anne-Marie? Who do you think the guy in the chair was? I kind of do think it's Jim's dad. You do? I do think it's Jim's dad. Because if TV and movies have taught me anything, it's very easy to switch out people for a car crash to mm-hmm. make you think that somebody's dead, but they're really alive living a double life. Yeah. Thank you, entertainment. Yeah, Powell Family says uh, Jim's dad. And uh, I, then before Oracle says, what if that guy is a Bertinelli? Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, Helena Bertinelli is the uh, current or, – or is the uh, Earth One version of Huntress, which is another – a uh, female mass vigilante in Gotham. Uh, on Earth 2, she was Bruce Wayne's daughter, but then when they brought her over to Earth 1, they made her a, a Bert Bertinelli, uh, which is... Before a, Oracle, you li- definitely live up to your name. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's it, another... Uh, I, I think it's a founding family of Gotham, either that or a crime family, uh, one or the other. I, either way, a lot of connections uh, like to it. the city. Okay. And it would make a lot of sense if they were somewhere in that Court of Owls mix. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sure we're going to get more of this as it goes on. Uh, so, oh, uh, Powell <laughs> family in the chat room says that car crash was so faked. I never thought that Catherine was the leader. She shows her face too much. And Falcone's uh, really respected Jim's dad. That's true. Like, yeah, that is very true. Falcone would have saved him. Well, you noticed something about what he said to Jim in the car. Yeah, too, I was actually what, just yeah. scrolling to see if you mentioned that. Um, when Jim and, you know, his dad, his dream dad were talking, um, shoot, now I don't have it in front of me. Oh, Jim would say you left for court every day, every day, which might be a subtle kind of foreshadowing, right? Which I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, they've already established he was a DA and all Mm -hmm. that. 
But could it have just been a little, I don't know, like maybe he, he had heard him saying something like when he was a child, it's his subconscious is doing this whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, his dad's in the court, which doesn't, or the head of the court or was involved in it. So I think we got a little about that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like there was a lot of evidence pointing to it being Jim's dad. Which is what makes me think that maybe it wasn't. Maybe that maybe it's not. Maybe that it's just like a, they, they're overselling it. So we think that and then they're going to swerve us again at the end. So, but I, I do think that ring says to, that ring mm-hmm. says to me that it's definitely a member of the Gordon family. Uh, may, probably not Philip Wayne, like before Oracle in the chat room thinks. And Bobby also doesn't think it's his dad, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but one thing's for sure. Whoever was in that chair wasn't invited to the founder's dinner. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to talk a little bit about that, right, Amory? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the founders' dinner. This had me all a little. Mm, I have questions because y'all are making me learn too much stuff. <laughs> so, is it truly a dinner to honor Gotham's founding families and the and Gotham's elite? There were some people missing. Um, Bruce Wayne. I don't know. He's a Wayne, which was a founding family, as we learned from the whole Galavan shenanigans last season. Yeah. Which also leads to Tabby, mm-hmm. was is technically a descendant of a founding family. Yeah. So, you know, they should be there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I thought that was a little odd. Maybe Bruce was too young or maybe they no, call it- No, Bruce goes to everything. Maybe they invited him and he was like, sorry, I have a date. I don't think Alfred would have let that happen. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I can kind of see the Tabby thing, but I'm just pointing out that they're both descendants of founding families. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I know that Penguin couldn't bring Ed because reasons, but I don't think that he would have gone to something like this alone or yeah. anywhere alone. It's, it's not what he does. He's mm-hmm. really never done it. Um, there's always at least some sort of poorly paid lackey behind him. And, you know, when he's faced with a tough situation with, um, Jervis, he's like, <laughs> okay, I'll drink the poison. Well, I definitely, like, I definitely which- feel, felt like this was the kind of event that you have to go and you have to follow the rules and, it's all very yes. prim and proper and like very structured. Kind of, they they did something. Like, I forget. I think it's like the Alfred E. Smith dinner that they do for yes, the presidential yes, yes, candidates yes. a few weeks ago. I yes. think it's something like that. And I'm sure it is, but it just felt like weird that maybe he didn't have somebody in the background, a bodyguard of sorts. He is mm-hmm. the mayor. He is also a mob boss. Yeah. The man needs a bodyguard anywhere he goes. <laughs> he has he, a planner for mayor stuff and mob stuff. Right. You have to have two planners. Um, but it was just funny because he turns up looking like a bumbling fool, just like Mayor James always did. We always made fun of Mayor James for being like, well, that's exactly what Penguin did (laughs) as the mayor when faced with a rough situation. So we have that. Um, when Penguin bumped into Jervis at the beginning of the night, did he know who he was? I don't think so. Okay. So I feel like as the mayor, he should at least, you know, be able to recognize him from a snapshot, seeing as how Mm -hmm. the man for at least two or three weeks has been like terrorizing the town and killing people. You know, the Alice thing is not a small deal. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole blood thing, like the GCPD would have informed the mayor's office of this blood thing that could be happening. This is too much SVU watching probably, (laughs) but I'm just saying these are things I learned. Um, as Mayor Shanelis be familiar, this would be another reason for Penguin not to be alone at the event is this crazy person is out and about. Mm-hmm. 
Y'all, food testers, food testers. <laughs> um, but it also seemed a little – the reason I ask if – another reason I ask if he knew him was when he comes busting back in with the dudes, Penguin actually seems to recognize him. Now, I don't know if it's just from that bumping or maybe with a gun in his hand, he recognizes him as Jervis Tetch. Yeah. And not just the catering staff who was a bumbling fool. Mm. So there's that. Also, why did Catherine leave? That one I'm – I don't know. I'm curious because – was she tipped off to the plan? And if so, how and by who? Because when she's talking with Shady, probably Gordon's dad at the end, mm-hmm. he says, you left just in time. Yeah. As if maybe he thought she was planning to stay and was kind of surprised. Well, I, I feel I felt like she had her business that she was there for just to be Talk like, to we're me. watching Penguin. And then, you know, melt off into the shadows. But just as we said, this is the type of event that is very specific and laid out. Yeah. You're not going to show up for cocktail hour and leave before the appetizer. Unless you're in one of the, Unless you're the in higher ups of the, uh, you know, No, but I think it would have been noticeable. Society. I think it would have been noticeable. Well, I mean, Penguin was starting to press for information when Jervis busted in. Right. Um, he was pressuring a priest, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're going <laughs> to get out of him. But uh, Pal Family over in the chat room says, weren't the Cobblepots one of the founding families? families in the comics i think so Hold on. i googled this but then i started talking so i'll let you know in a minute keep talking but uh, and also were the vandals uh one of the founding families in gotham I, yeah because the hand thing right yeah. the chopping of the hand and... mm-hmm. i don't remember if the vandals were there or not i mean they were they're definitely an established family in gotham i don't know if they're one of the founding families okay here's who we got the five the elliots the canes the crowns the dumas and the most powerful of them all the waynes okay so that means that Catherine is either an Elliot, a cane, or a crown. I feel like Catherine Crown sounds about right. Yeah, Catherine Crown sounds like a very comic booky name. Mm-hmm. So. And Powell Family also mentions that it's Ed that would have recognized Jervis. Penguin is busy with Penguin stuff, so he that's why he He's has busy telling third graders to push people down the stairs. Yeah, that's why he ne- needs an Ed to keep track of all this other trivia about the town. <laughs> trivia. But, uh, you know, wait, one thing I, I really liked about, uh, sort of, uh, Jervis's plan to mm-hmm. attack the, the, the founder's dinner and everything is it calls back to a running theme in Gotham. And, and that is, uh, you know, attacking the upper class. Uh, you know, Jervis decides to take revenge on the city by assaulting the upper class at the founder's party. Uh, now this theme, uh, lower classes versus higher classes, striking out against the higher class, showed up a lot in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the episode with the hypnotist uh, comes to mind specifically. Uh, but I love that, that the notion that to get revenge on a city, you must strike at those that control it. Mm-hmm. And it's a theme that Again, we haven't seen in a long time, kind of rearing its ugly head uh, here in the Mad City Mm -hmm. era of Gotham, which I I, I love that we're getting all these callbacks. Yeah. This was definitely an episode of callbacks. Yeah, definitely. Okay, you wanted to talk a little bit about Barnes' transformation too, right? Yes. Okay. I told you I was very long-winded this week. (laughs) So Barnes' transformation. Every time that Barnes loses his temper and starts to turn, the changes are getting bigger and they're lasting significantly longer. So since we're hitting the two weeks point by the the end of this episode where he should be losing all of his regular personality per the rat study mm-hmm. and Jim being back on the force. I think that next week there's going to be some big reveals. Um, so a Barnes is looking over his will when Jim shows up, which I thought was a little bit odd. Is he planning to knock himself out or is he going to have somebody else do it? If the transformation just becomes too intense and he be- becomes, you know, not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, is this why he lets Jim back on the force so easily? Because he knows that this is somebody he can confide in about the situation because he understands what happens about it. 
And, you know, maybe Jim can be his guy. You know, be like, hey, mm-hmm. Barnes, because you just got too crazy. Um, and did Jervis's reaction when he was when he caught on to Barnes's transformation set him down a path of preparation? Because, you know, this will looking and stuff didn't happen until after we get um, Jervis touch just going, I'm my sister, blah, after being punched in the face six times. So we have that. Um, and will Jervis tell people if he does? Will they believe him? Who will he tell? There are so many things about this transformation that I can't believe haven't come out yet. That that was my thinking is that, you know, Tetch is going to be the one to reveal uh, Barnes and it's going to send Barnes over the edge finally into that maybe Solomon Grundy kind of area. Uh, right. Know, I just so. thought it was weird that he was looking at his will. Like yeah. he was trying to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. There was that. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe he he's thinking. Well, if this gets too bad, I could just off myself. That's and, what I'm, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I kind of think it is. And I think by Jim presenting himself as, "Hey, let me back on," mm-hmm. he's like, "I got another set of eyes, so it doesn't have to be him." You know, taking himself out. Yeah. See, over in the chat room, uh, and I'm going to be careful how I say this. Uh, Re area says, "Don't go to parties in Gotham." Uh, that's very much assumed. Do not go to a party in Gotham. Uh, before Oracle says, a great amount of the 1966 Batman series had that exact theme, uh, lower class versus higher class. Well, it was an anti-establishment kind of show. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, Pal Family mentions also Dark Knight Rises. Uh, and then uh, to your point, uh, says when he goes nuts, Harvey will probably become captain and need Jim. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, before Oracle says, will he become Grundy on a Monday? For yes. sure, because I mean that's to. when Gotham airs. Okay, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, you know kind of birds of a feather. Uh, why oh. has the Court of Owls been watching Penguin? Uh, you know, owls and penguins. Yeah, and, yeah, feathers. Uh, but obviously, since he's mayor now, uh, there's a good reason to have an interest in old Oswald Cobblepot, aka Pingy Pants. Uh, but I get the impression that they've been watching him for a long time. I mean, she even almost says as much, you know, we've been watching you for years. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just wondering, were they the ones responsible maybe for him winning the election? Maybe they put him in this position of power oh. to use him later on. Uh, did they have a hand in him, t- him taking down a Falcone's empire? Mm. Possibly. Uh, if there's one thing we know, everything that happens in Gotham stems from the Court of Owls. So I think it's pretty likely that they've been sort of uh, guiding Penguin's career path for the past few seasons. Now, at the end, it's implied that uh, the court will soon be judged. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a judgment coming. Now, who's doing the judging and how will Penguin help stop it? Why do they need Penguin? I'm thinking due to their close relationship and currently being at odds, I think maybe Jim is the judge and Penguin is the person Uh... who can stop the judge. So, so I think I think maybe they're setting them up for the ultimate battle, Penguin versus Jim, which would be kind of cool because we haven't had because there's right because they sort of had to become in cahoots and they had to actually become sort of friends Mm -hmm. over them, which was you know part of that blurry line. Yeah, they they've been very uneasy bedfellows for the past few seasons. So I now it's time. To go to blows, I think, mm-hmm, possibly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, and uh, let's see here. Powell family says falcons for falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, birds. Birds. birds feathers. Mm-hmm. Everything birds. Okay, you want to wrap up with some quibbles and bits, right? I have a series of quibbles and bits that I, yeah, 
their bits. So there's that <laughs> Band-Aid on Mario's neck that we're very obviously meant to take notice of. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't notice it. Oh. Yeah, I didn't notice it it's at all. Ve- okay, well, I found him very prominent the first and second time. Mm-hmm. So curious about – because it happens right – or you see it after he's given Jim his IV and he's talking about taking his orange juice and getting the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, so I'm curious as to what happened. Maybe somehow they got to him too. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, poor Valerie Vale. I hope this is not the last we see of her because I love her. I don't, I don't think it is from, uh, what I've heard of spoilers and whatnot, but it might be the last Jim sees of her in his bedroom for sure. Well, that I think, we, <laughs> I think we're all pretty sure about I that I thought one. she took it pretty good considering, you know, getting shot in the gut and everything. She well, was what like, was she going to do? She was like, uh, whatever. It's cool. But we're, we're not I mean, dating anymore. No, she probably pretty much already knew beforehand. Yeah. I mean, you get in that type of situation. The fact that he didn't want to let her talk to her, Lee and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So he, she already knew. Um, Babs' outfits, and I feel like there had to be some sort of significance with these. So bear with me. The bellhop, the naughty nurse, the nun, and the martini loving in the formal wear. I just feel like there was – I was missing something. Yeah. Because everything is so specific and calculated on this show. I was like, I need to point these out mm-hmm. because there's a thing there I just am not seeing. Well, I don't think there was anything necessarily thematic going on. It was the bellhop because of the whole metaphor of the yeah. elevator descending through his psyche. Okay. And then when he wakes up, it's the naughty nurse because he was knocked out and he's being revived. And uh, what's the opposite of a naughty nurse but a, a nun? nun. Uh, and then uh, the formal wear, uh, I think that was just – that was during the discussion where they were like, don't you miss who you used to be? So that was kind of yes, I wanted to who she used to be. Too. And you know what? I liked the fact that the two of them sort of were like they both missed – or at least Jim, a part of him does miss his time with Barbara because obviously Barbara's not controlling the Barbara character. He is – and having that whole thing. So I'm I'm still on team Jim and Babs. Um, <laughs> so I would love to I see. I think it could come back. I would that. love to see that revisited in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Um, okay. So Bruce can cook or bake. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good job, teen, bo- teen boy. Um, <clears throat> Ed is quite the smart cookie. How did he not notice that the sun was coming up while they sat on the stoop? <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, good conversation, Mm -hmm. all of the infatuation, but 12 hours, man. Somebody had to eat. Somebody had to pee. Because he wasn't asked to riddle about it, I think. Maybe. Okay. I have one more. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. My last one. Y'all, Fish and Strange. They are going to come back in a big way. I don't know what's going to happen, but where are they? They ran off into the woods. I brought this up a few weeks ago, and I, I let it go. Mm-hmm. But I'm bringing it back. Yeah, it's been too long. Well, I mean, they, their their absence is a presence all its own, you know. And, and it was it isn't for like one or two weeks, but uh-huh. now we're hitting like five weeks. Yeah, now their absence is a presence mm-hmm. because they weren't killed off. We didn't see them actually leave town. We saw them run <laughs> into the woods. Like they weren't exactly, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're in a cabin. I don't know, but I just I'd like to know. Yeah. Keep an eye on people in Gotham, y'all. Uh, before Oracle over in the chat room says, who will Jim be Jim's next romance? And Bobby says, Lee, I kind of agree with that. I kind of don't want to agree with that. But it's probably going to happen. I know, but I don't want to. They'll be back together sooner rather than later. <laughs> okay, now it's time to rate the episode using the arbitrary scale. Okay, so out of 47 drops of blood in the wine, how many drops of blood in the wine do you give this episode, Amory? 
I'm going to give it 486. Why? Because it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Do you have any other reasons besides that? I mean, I just went through 45 <laughs> minutes of reasons. What do you want from me, man? Fair enough. Fair enough. And f- f- I didn't have any my, – like my only blah was they missed people at the thing and where's Fish and Strange. So I just have questions about people not being there. Maybe they missed their call time. Yeah, and you can feel <laughs> free to weigh in in the chat room too. Uh, let's see. As for me, I think I'm going to give it – I think I'm going to give it 50 out of 47 uh, drops of blood. Did you just say 50? Yeah. What? It was that good. What? It was that good. It it, it was like the hash of blood in the wine or some (laughs) super concentrated Gotham awesomeness. And uh, the drug references will continue just because he was tripping the entire episode. Uh, But no, I thought it was great. I loved all the callbacks. I loved it. It felt like a payoff in a lot of ways to the pilot episode. Which is uh, crazy. Yeah, which is nuts, you know, three seasons in. And over in the chat room, uh, before Oracle gives it 42 drops of blood in the wine, uh, Bobby gives it 41 drops of blood in the wine, and Pal Family gives it 45 drops of blood. So not everyone in the chat room liked it as much as we did, mm-hmm. uh, but everyone really liked it. Uh, before Oracle uh, goes on, because Kat showed up late for a well-planned date. That's very true. And that rhymes, too, so it must be true. Cat okay. and date? Uh, no, uh, late for a well-planned oh, date. Okay. Yeah, late. There we go. And uh, Cobble Potteries gave it 39 drops oh, of no. blood in the wine. And uh, Bobby's, Bobby's, yeah. Bobby says 41 because I have to. I have begun to hate the Hatter. Well, he's in jail for at least an episode or two, so mm-hmm. probably. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. I actually haven't seen next week's trailer you No, know, I didn't either. Yeah. I put it in thinking I'd get back to it. Last night was Halloween. Give us a break, guys. Lots of Reese's Cups. Oh, uh, by the way, I just want to point out here before we get into the news and the feedback and everything that uh, we do do a new uh, entertainment news show called Universe Box that if you're watching live is going to go on right at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We'd love for you to stick around. If you stick mm-hmm. around, free candy for Halloween. I will pass it to you right through the webcam. Now, on to the news. News. First up, the ratings. Fox's Gotham and Lucifer got a .9 each uh, in recording their lowest ratings ever, with the two Fox shows going under 1.0 for the first time. But it was Halloween. It was Halloween. Like, I actually was kind of surprised there was an episode. Yeah, I actually saw an article today talking about how all of television was down last night. Everything was down. There wasn't... Because, well, it's World Series time literally, like, right now. Yeah. Uh, like, there's one right <laughs> now um, that I don't care about. But, um, you know, between that and Halloween and everything, I'm like, come on, guys. There should We should have had a bye week. Yeah. Uh, we should have had a bye week. Well, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad we uh, – I'm glad we're all here, but, yeah. you know – don't don't uh, renew or cancel based on last night. Yeah, people will catch up on DVR. <laughs> It'll be fine. But uh, next week, I'm sure we'll do much better for the episode Blood Rush. And we're going to take a look at the trailer <laughs> We're going right to look at this together. <laughs> for the first time. Harvey walking into a room, tossing uh badge over to Jim. Jim's back on the force. I think it was we like, you belong to this. We have, yeah, we do. And uh, then we have uh, more with Jervis. Jervis and Barnes. And, uh, oh, it so was at the court. Oh, that was some that? weird zombie guy. There's so much. Uh, Barnes throws a guy through a wall. Isabella looks a little uh, dark and twisty over there. Oh, yeah, oh, Grundy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some, some transformation from Barnes going on. Oh, and laughing hatter. Jervis laughing. Sorry, Bobby. We're not gonna. No. Um, 
we're not going to get rid of Jervis anytime soon, no. unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, that looks really good. I can't wait to watch it with the audio on so YouTube doesn't take us down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, there has been some other news out of the world of Gotham here. And uh, first of all, they have cast a character that we've been kind of speculating about since the first season. Mm-hmm. Some people thought it might be Fish Mooney. Uh, but it turned. Some people actually thought it was Fish. Yeah, Mooney. you remember that there were theories that uh, Fish uh, was Selena's mom. That Fish was Selena's mom. Yes. Uh, spoilers, Anne Marie. They got it going. <laughs> they've cast Selena's mom. It's going to be a uh, Banshee badass. I, I'm not sure what Banshee is. It's a show, I guess. Banshee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Ivana uh, Milosevic as Selena's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it, there's no indication what episode uh, Selena's mm. mother will be showing up on, but uh, she has been cast, and she will be showing up sooner rather than later. And uh, speaking of characters that are going to oh. be showing up soon, and parents uh, of characters, uh, Corey Michael Smith on Twitter uh, last night, during the live tweet for Gotham, someone asked, when are we going to see something about Enigma's parents? And Corey Michael Smith re- re- replied, sooner than you think. I would say within the next three episodes then. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still waiting for that uh, David payout on the Jerome returning yeah. sooner than we think. Because at this point, I thought he'd be back by now. Maybe they're referencing the same episode. I, maybe, may- maybe Jerome is Ed's father. Jerome is Ed's father. You heard it here first, folks. Dun, 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 dun. News. Okay, so <laughs> let's see here. Okay, so now we're going to move on to feedback, uh, which, you know, next week, like we told you, we're going to be recording Tuesday morning. So, so you're going to have you to have right to. after the episode. Well, the credits are rolling on Gotham. We want to oh, hear the credits in the bathroom. The in the background. We want to hear that in the back of your voicemails. You got to run. You got to run. You got to run like you're fueled by Red Queen. And email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash group slash Legends of Gotham. Don't forget to get the cure before an hour passes. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And as usual, we're going to open up with Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, guys. It's Bobby. I'm just going to keep this as short as sweet as I can. (laughs) Okay. First off, I hate the hatter. I hate the hatter. I hate the hatter. Can we move on from the hatter? I hate the hatter. I like the hatter at first because uh, I like the dark vibe he was giving to the show i really like the tweedles and everything about that but oh my god he's overstayed his welcome i he would be great for a short arc but i don't like him as a season-long villain can we please move on past the hatter okay isabella edward penguin um i really thought at one point uh penguin was just going to offer but obviously that didn't happen uh, i liked her character this episode in particular i liked you know with her uh, constantly talking about her love of books, I almost got a strange vibe that maybe she could become a bookworm on this episode, on this uh, show, and that maybe like Riddler and Bookworm be- could become a couple, Ooh. and that could be a cool like Gotham twist. I like um, it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bruce. I'm sorry. Uh, don't trust Mario. I don't trust Mario as far as I can throw him. <laughs> I hated that scene where he was talking to Lee about Gordon, mm-hmm. saying, you know, we can't have, you know, we got to keep Gordon out of our lives, dude. You Gordon isn't in your lives. You guys are in Gordon's life. <laughs> Gordon left you guys. Gordon stayed in Gotham. Gordon stayed away. You guys came to Gotham. Lee went back to the precinct. Everything about this is not Gordon's fault. This is on you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said about Mario as well, I, what was up with the Band-Aid thing at the end of the episode? Thank Why you. did they linger on his Ooh, neck with the Band-Aid on there tonight. with the ominous music? <laughs> I, did I miss something? If I did, can you, you guys please shed some light on that? Because I have no clue. Um, 
Bruce and Cat. Bruce and Cat was great. I loved the you know the whole cute date scene uh, dynamic of it. Once I love uh, Alfred <laughs> giving Bruce advice. Um, everything about that part of the episode I really loved. And then um, the dream sequence, I didn't quite okay. I could sit here and dissect the dream sequence for half an hour, but uh, like we did. Okay, mm-hmm. Jim or Bruce when Bruce confronted Jim and was wearing that mask. Uh, it looked odd at first, but upon repeat viewing, I saw that the mask was actually Jim's face, like literally digitally imposed Ben McKenzie's face on that mask. I don't know what the symbolism of that was supposed <laughs> to mean, but I'll leave that for you guys, Bill and Amory, to dissect. Uh, but my favorite part of the episode may be when Jim was talking to Barbara and uh, Jim says, do you ever wish you were the person you used to be? And then Barbara says, do you? So was she implying, you know, just repeating the question back to him? Or was she saying, do you, Jim, ever wish that I, Barbara, was the person that I used to be? Because remember, this is all playing out in Jim's head. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Barbara was the person she used to be, maybe Jim and Barbara would still be together. Thank you. So I just felt that choice of uh, line delivery and the choice of wording was odd and uh, worth noting. Uh, then, of course, there was uh, we finally see Gordon's dad. That ring, you know, holds significance. And then we see the shadowy figure from the Court of Owls at the end, um, you know, has that ring on. And we're left to believe that maybe this is Gordon's dad or maybe someone's from Gordon's family. Who knows? Um, that being said, I'm ready for the Court of Owls to come on the scene because I can't <laughs> stand the Hatter anymore. Uh, bring back uh, Yanni Bruce, 514A, <laughs> oh, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And uh, let's please just move on with the rest of the season. Uh, so anyway, as far as the scale goes, out of 447 grains of the Red Queen poison, I'm going to give it 430. Because while I did love the dream sequences, uh, which you know obviously was a huge part of this episode, I am just so tired of the Hatter. And the Hatter's tired of you, Bobby. Um, over in the chat room before Oracle has screamed at us now, blood transfusion. This is about the third time they've typed it in, so I'm pointing it yeah. out now. I think they're saying that the the, the Band-Aid uh-huh. was a blood tra- – like why would he have given him a blood transfusion of his blood though? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but so, yeah. Before but, Oracle, if you could explain your screaming context. of blood tr- blood transfusion, that would be excellent. That would be great. Moving okay, right along. Okay, uh, we, got, we got a letter this week uh, from a, a kid named uh, Malachi. And uh, this is him. This is Malachi. And he says, hi, my name. And I I think this is another case of somebody thinking Legends of Gotham is a part of Gotham is like officially associated with Gotham. We've got these letters before and Mm -hmm. we always respond to them because they're so awesome. Uh, But he says, hi, uh, my name is Malachi Mongrain and I'd love to act as Clark Kent in Gotham. I'm 15 years old. I am built and I work out and I also have brown hair, blue eyes, white skin, Superman hair. And I'm five uh, foot seven, the same size as Bruce Wayne. And he sent this picture here. And I just think it would be really cool. We'll have a link uh, to the picture uh, in the show notes at legendsgotham.com for this episode, episode 88. I think it would be really cool. Anyone within the sound of my voice, if you just tweet to at Gotham writers, tweet to at Gotham, that Malachi wants to play Clark Kent on Gotham. That would be fantastic. I think if, if they would just acknowledge that, that would be so awesome. And I'm going to do it as soon as we're, uh, we publish this episode tonight for sure. And I encourage all of you to do it too. Uh, so uh, thanks, Malachi, for writing in. Uh, if you listen, uh, you might just think we're you Gotham. You might have just been like Gotham. 
Gotham send. But we would love to see you as Clark Kent on Gotham. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, next up, we have a voicemail uh, from Jacob. Take it away, Jacob. Hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. This Hi. is Jacob. I just finished watching The Red Queen, uh, and I really liked this episode. It was it was great. Um, I have some thoughts. Uh, what I liked about it is the date between uh, Bruce and Celine. I thought that was really cute. Uh, and um, I liked um, Jim Gordon's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, hallucinations, uh, <laughs> uh, and that is, and that actually, I thought the Mad Hatter did him a favor by adding, by, um, adding clarity to his life and, uh, making Jim realize that, uh, he should go back on the, that he was afraid, uh, and should face his fears and go back on the force. Uh, also, what we knew already that he was still in love with Lee and wanted to have a family with her, and I like that, uh, that Valerie, uh, uh, realized that and that she ended the relationship uh, and uh, the little creepy with the Mad Hatter and uh, and Alice again little yes. icky um, but uh, but I was wondering though Jacob I, I wrote in my notes kissing the corpse is gross is uh, uh, between the main an interesting thing was with Isabel uh, she's definitely a plant but is she planted by um, the Court of Owls or by Butch and uh, Tabitha uh, I I think from the episode, the clue was that she's um, planted by the Court of Owls because I like the scene between Catherine and Oswald, and that they, I think they definitely have plans for. Uh, for Oswald, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they are. Um, and Barnes is definitely moving. I don't know what Barnes is becoming, but I like the scene between Barnes and Jor- and uh, Jervis, uh, where uh, he saw Jervis saw that he was infected with Alice's blood, and he was Mad Hatter was got even mad <laughs> got even madder this week. <laughs> Um, but all in Matter all, I thought it was a terrific episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, my scale, I guess, would be, um, I've been thinking about this, maybe chocolate cake. Uh, out of 50 chocolate cake, uh, let's say 49. It was almost perfect. Yes. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, looking forward to the podcast. Goodbye. Excellent. Yay. Thank you very much, Thank Jacob. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, and, and Jacob's from our old neck of the woods up in Georgia. So, Georgia? Uh, shout out. I, if we were there, I'd take you out to Gaston's uh, tavern for a little bite to eat. A, a tipple. A tipple. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, this ne- oh, what, what was going on in the chat room here? You want to oh, summarize okay. this? So before Oracle, as we instructed them to, said he's a doctor. Maybe it was the blood fusion transfusion to get the poison out of Jim. But as me and Bobby pointed out, um, they were giving him the antipsychotics to do that. And it wouldn't make sense for him to do a blood transfusion of his own blood out of his neck anyway, mm-hmm. because they were in a hospital. It was a legit situation and blood bank. So there's that. Yeah. And um, Riri? Rira? I'm not sorry. Sorry. Re-area is how I was saying Re-area? it. Re-area? Okay. Yeah. That's not what I would say. I'd say Riri. Um, I was thinking Hatter put some Alice blood in him at some point. I don't know why we'd have a Band-Aid for it, but there's that. Very true. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up, we have a letter from Carlos. He says, hey, guys, this is Carlos. I was the guy that forgot to give you his name the first few times that I called. Good I remember job, that. Carlos. Good job. Uh, nice to meet you, Carlos. I, I, I'm sorry that I haven't been calling, but I have seen your commentaries on this season of, of Gotham, and I think you're doing a terrific job at it. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you. I, I hope you and the people on the chat enjoyed your Halloween, and now to actually talking about the show itself. Last night's episode was one of the most interesting ones from a psychological perspective. 
I, I love when they do these sorts of things because it is so entertaining to watch. The Mad Hatter is darker than he has ever been, and I know that a lot of things that he has done is typical cliche plots that have been done before, but that doesn't really bother me as long as it keeps me entertained, which it does. I don't, uh, I don't, I think I don't understand Isabella at all. She was either sent by someone to lure Ed away from Oswald. Or she has her own agenda. Could the ring that the court member has mean that Jim, that Gordon's father was also a member of the Court of Owls? I really enjoying Barbara's performance this episode, but a lingering question remains for me. How are we going to get Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl? Uh, finally looks like Bruce is ready to impress, and once this relationship with Selena to work out, hashtag Batcat. Overall, this season has been very interesting, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Sorry that this email is so long, but I wanted to share my thoughts on this. Hope you guys take care of yourself. And until next time. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you. I have a thing. Uh, I, I was just going to say real quick, as far as Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, there's still plenty of time for that. Bruce is still a teenager. I think he, he'd have to be like like 23, 24 before it got worrisome. Go ahead, Amory. So I have a thing. Um, when we when um, reading that and you said uh, Isabella sent by somebody maybe fish sent her to get back at the Ed and the penguin and the heartbreak and all of that, because fish has been known to send a decoy love to mess with people. That's definitely another piece of evidence in the column of my theory from last week about fish and strange working together to send her. Right. Over, so. But I just think that, yeah, uh, yeah. Just, I think, you know, just hearing it, I was like, ah, uh-huh. she's done this before. She has. She totally and, has. And he should know that. When she sent Eliza as a piece, Mommy Eliza. Falcone's right. stand in. Okay. So, uh, I just had to like scream at everyone with that. You want to read this comment from YouTube? For sure. Okay. This is from Princess Something I Can't Pronounce, starting with okay. <laughs> I think Chrisabella is, def- is definitely a plant. I was thinking about Ed bringing up Butch in this episode, and he is probably with his old guest. True. This was on last week's episode. Yeah. Um, it made me think if he has contacted Fish Moon or Strange on behalf of Barbara and Tabitha for either Clayface or a doppelganger for Hugo Strange. So they're teaming up with Barbara, is still ailing herself, aligning herself with Penguin. This gets me to my prediction that Barbara and Tabitha want to knock Oswald and Ed off of the top spot. I can see that. I saw Aaron Richards say Barbara wants more power and that Gotham needs a woman's touch. This season, so it made me think that Barbara makes a deal with Jervis for a plan to gain the mayoral position in exchange for information on Jim Gordon this past week's episode. That's that amazing. Could, that could be the reason they made the deal. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. So I'm predicting the plan is somewhat similar to what Jervis did to Jim to lure Ed with Isabella to pretend she is kidnapped by Jervis to reveal he also has Oswald and to make Ed choose between them. Oh. <laughs> um, I think Barbara will tempt Ed to kill Oswald so he can take the mayoral position to which he rejects and says he has no interest in running Gotham since this is something Corey said would come up in a forthcoming episode and Aaron says she has scenes with it since and since he's not cooperating I think Jervis will hypnotize Ed to save his true love he has to kill the other very similar to what we saw in the you know tea party um but i think his wording backfires because he doesn't count that ed loves oswald and i see that the big reveal of the feelings are requited rather than rather than them just confessing so then ed kills isabella under hypnosis although i think it would be in character for ed to pretend he's hypnotized and figure out the plan and he makes a conscious choice and saves oswald you know what I like it. 
You, you, princess something or another, are very smart. And uh, we'll wrap up with a theory from Michelle. Michelle says, I have an interesting theory. Uh, So last episode was called Follow the White Rabbit, and we saw the White Rabbit symbolize. uh, And next episode's called uh, The Red Red Queen. So I started thinking, who could be the Red Queen? The only person I can think of is Kringle 2.0. I definitely think she's working with the Mad Hatter, and I do think she's from Indian Hill. And Hugo Strange uh, used the the book Alice in Wonderland on her. Uh, when I was watching the promo for next week's episode, it's clear that the Hatter has a gun pointed at Penguin, so James Gordon is not the only person he's after. Right. And also during the promo, he said Queen, and it was when Ed and her were kissing. I feel like this is such a stretch, but I had to email it, and this is my first time emailing, and I absolutely love your show. And we absolutely love you. We do, Michelle, uh, definitely. And uh, while uh, you know the Red Queen was a bit more literal uh, in this episode, I do think that you know maybe – Maybe maybe there was a little bit of symbolism there with Kringle, and I we'll have to see where that story goes for yep. sure. But as far as where you go next week on Monday night after you get done watching the episode, you need to run to your phone and then use your phone to email us because it's it's 2016. Legends of Gotham at gmail Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And before her call in the chat room says, is Isabella a plant created by Ivy? Dun, dun. <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> as I said, next week, we're going to be recording super early on Tuesday. Uh, What's that? You're talking at double speed. Am I? Cool. Uh, But as I said, next week we are going to be recording at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. somewhere in there super early. Uh, Yeah. So if you're uh, around during the day, uh, you know, check us out live.universebox.com. We want to thank all of our chatters. You guys are awesome, fantastical, and most of you have left. Uh, But it's cool. Okay. So, Anne Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMD Simone. It's right there. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks, and uh, you can follow all of the podcasts we do at universebox.com, including Universebox, our entertainment news show. Coming which up is in 25 minutes. Coming up in 25 minutes. So if you want to stick around in the chat room, I we'll just... We'll let you know when to refresh. We'll let you know when to refresh the page to get the fresh video. Uh, so I, I guess that about does it for this week. So, you know, I, I think I, I think we've done really good work here. Let's let's get so Let's get, uh, what's his name? Uh, Malachi as Clark yes, Kent Gotham. Malachi. That would be awesome. We should make a hashtag. We should. A hashtag uh, Malachi Clark Gant Gotham. We'll figure it out. That it's, is not a good we're hashtag. We're workshopping it. Uh, it. We'll have it next time on Legends of Gotham. I wasn't ready there. Insanity! Daddy issues. Birds of a feather. Birds of a feather. Actually, I think this is a sparrow. It's a sparrow? I think it's a heavily painted sparrow.